0: Muscle Intelligence Q&A live edition on our Facebook group. Ash, I'm grateful to be here with you, although we're not in the same place.
1: First live, though. In spirit. I'm kind of excited about this. this is Zero it. preparation. <laughs>
0: is it, well, we're always prepared. We're always yeah. prepared. I think we'll stay, you know, I always have too much to talk about and too much to say. Yeah. Man, I've, I've been recording a lot of videos lately and not a lot that I'm posting yet, but there, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world. And man, I, I can't see anything other than opportunity. Everyone I talk to right now is expanding and growing. And that's just my world. And I see there's probably a lot of people out there who are struggling, maybe worried, maybe anxious, maybe depressed, I think it's our job as a community and not just you and I personally, but as a community to support these people. Right. And yeah. the irony of life is is the struggle is what develops the character and the obstacles are the way to growth. And I just view it as this amazing reality that if if it's in any way stressful to you, you just haven't adapted enough yet. So thank you. I need, I need this. And you know, is it going to be a challenge? Sure. But there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. There will always be springtime after the winter and I think that every one of us listening hopefully takes that perspective and sees the opportunity. If you have 10 extra minutes in your day where you can breathe, where you yeah. can meditate. You know, it's funny. One of my friends posted this today, and uh, I love her for it. And she said, you know, every, all of us have been begging for this for years. You know, we're begging for more time. Yeah. We're begging for some freedom. we not to not have to go to work. Maybe we're not begging to not have any income, but we're begging for more freedom. And it's there. Um, and yeah. it's so guys, recording this live in the Muscle Intelligence Facebook group, guys, thank you for being there, Ketogenic Muscle Facebook group as well. If you are not already a subscriber, go ahead and do that now. You guys have to allow uh, StreamYard permission to use your uh, name, otherwise we we don't see the name, you don't have to, but we're here doing this live so we can answer some questions, but first, Ash and I are going to have a conversation about stuff. Ash is always mm-hmm. interesting, prepared to talk about, so I'll we'll give you guys an update on what I'm doing in my business right now. Um, Voraciously consuming information because I have a little bit of extra spare time. To be honest, my life is not all that different than it always is, but I do have less responsibilities because ultimately some of the businesses that I do operate are closed. I'm focusing a lot on creation. I'm creating a lot of new programs. I'm creating a new coaching platform. Uh, I'm creating a new nutrition certification. I'm creating the personal training certification. So, a lot of things that are focused on creation because I see this opportunity that's that's existing in the fitness industry where when everyone's done this, there's going to be a few things that people Want and right, people are going to want health, people are going to want security. So, I'm not in the financials industry, but they're going to want security. So, that's important if you're in the financial industry. People are going to want a mentorship and guidance in business, they want coaching like, Hey, what do I do in my business? I don't think like you, Ben. What do I do? Well, let's do it, let's work together, right? Let's talk about how you can have this expansive mindset and thinking about making. You know hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars a month rather than you know making a couple thousand dollars a month and it's not complex so i spent the whole day yesterday i took on a bunch of new mentoring clients i spent the whole day yesterday kind of mapping out the beginning of the process what it looks like to open an online business what are the things that are necessary to be there to create a funnel that actually doesn't have any buckets in it right so all these people out there are focusing on creating social media followings i want to have a million followers but they make no money yeah look at it So I do the opposite, right? Like I'm not, I spend no time on social media and you know that. And like, I'm focusing more on like the people that I do have, how do I provide value? So if I've got, you know, a thousand people on my email list, how do I then provide massive amounts of value to these people, all the people watching and listening? so that they can, uh, ultimately, I can help them live their greatest life. So it's not like, hey, I want to go talk to 10 million people. I don't need to, I mean, great, if I can, but that's not my goal right now. My goal right now is, like, I want to really help the people that are close to me. This is why I call everybody family. Is because, man, like, if you're in my world, you know this, Ash. Like, I do my best to go out of my way to, like, what can we do to help each other? And that's why we've you specifically have been we've had conversations about curating what can we do in this short period of time to help people. Like, do you need meat? Do you need supplements? Do you need whatever, like consumables? If people need that stuff or well, we're trying to find companies who are willing to give away like these giveaways we've been doing or give a significant discount, increase the discount. And then ultimately, how can we provide perspective and support? So one of the things we're going to be launching next week, hopefully, depending on my developers and how slow they are, or how fast they are. I want to offer group coaching because I know not everyone wants to go like, "Hey Ben, I want to pay you a thousand dollars a month to do one-on-one coaching." But what about like a hundred dollars a month or two hundred dollars a month? And and we're going to work together in a group. So I'll do all your nutrition plans, I'll do your workouts. Work together in a group. So we'll get on a group call like this, ask all the questions about fitness and health. And I think that would be a valuable offer to people because I feel like right now people want community. People, like you and I have you have you know, a husband, I have my family and. But not everyone has people. Not everyone has people around. So I think the idea of getting in a community and talking about health and fitness and getting on there and doing live workouts and getting on there and doing live Q&As and creating a community around like, hey, what can we do right now to thrive, mm-hmm. to, grow, to expand, to support? Hey, here's something I can offer. And this is, I do this with everybody and you do this. It's like, here's my network. Is there any way I can help you grow your business? And I think that's the kind of community I'd like to create there is... You know, like, hey, I'm really good at networking. Hey, I'm really good at developing programs. Hey, I'm really good at back-end coding and stuff. Okay, well, let's figure out a way to help everybody kind of collaborate and then create business for each other, right? Create support for each other. I think it would be a very interesting little group to create. And here's the glue that binds, and you'll get this as well, Ash, is it has to come from a place of of creating impact. Create impact on the world. And one of my big missions for 2020 is how can I create the greatest impact, right? It's not just about, hey, how can I make money? Like, money is a foregone conclusion for all of us, right? If you focus on, hey, how can I impact the world and make it a better place? How can I create create massive value for people that are struggling? And sometimes you and I live in a sheltered world that, I mean, I think I'll speak speak for myself maybe, but I'm sure you can relate, is it's not always easy to relate to people who are struggling because we don't see it. And I, I, I wanna hear from people, I do hear from people often, and how can we help? I asked that question almost daily. How can we help? And uh I thought we we're here.
1: I mean, you said a lot of good stuff here. And I kind of want to like take it back to the very beginning where you were talking about this is an opportunity for a lot of growth and a lot of forward progression for a lot of people, potentially, if you kind of have the right mindset. And I I understand, again, kind of taking this to the greater community that there are a lot of people who are feeling really adrift or really unmotivated or really uncertain, or they're, they're so stressed out about their jobs that they aren't thinking about how can i grow and create more right now and i get it but one of the things that you and i have talked about a lot in the q and as is just from a pragmatic standpoint even if this really sucks for you because i think we're all on a scale of suffering here some of us are suffering more than others but no matter how much you're suffering because we all are there's two options you can let the suffering kind of pull you under or you can figure out ways to move forward and it doesn't always have to mean okay i've got possibly two months stuck in my house let me start a new business i think what you were you were saying there you're looking at things from a macro level but also a micro level like you can start by helping the people immediately in your circle you can start by helping one person at a time it doesn't have to be like okay you just lost your job you're stuck in your house what's the next like big project you can start you can start by like you said supporting the people in your immediate Group and asking them what they need and asking them how you can help and using your skills to help people that are in your network. And it can be like this little thing. And I think a lot of us have this mindset that if we can't reach a million people or if we can't make a hundred thousand dollar selling program, what's the point? And that's especially in this case where we're feeling so disconnected. Like now is the time to try to do this one on one thing, really try to connect with people and see like what tangible improvement can I make in this person's life that I know that I'm connected with right now. I think that's important.
0: Nailed it. And the reality is, if you're making $12 an hour or $15 an hour or $20 an hour, you're providing that much value, right? You're providing exactly $12 in value. And if you can learn to think like your employer or like your team leader or whomever and go, what would be an ideal case scenario? What would be a dream come true scenario for this person? If I came into work or even if I'm sitting at home, and how could I provide 100, 500, 1,000, $100,000 worth of value to this company or this business or this employer. And if I do that, without question, this is how we get raises. This is how we we create more worth, right? So most people come at the world and go, here's what I want. Like, give me this. Mm -hmm. No, idiot. Go and go, here's what I can do for you, right? And I talked about this with Chris Gethin. Anytime I walked in, this is what, I mean, you and I may have talked about this. This is what made me unique as a bodybuilder. I never went into contract negotiations saying, Hey, here's what I want. Never, never once did I say, Here's what I want for me, ever. I said, Here's what I'm going to do for you. And I would go in and go, Here's how I'm going to make you this much money. Here's how I'm going to create this much value. Here's how I'm going to do things that you don't want to do that I can do better. And they would go, okay, like, well, how much do you want? And then it would be, you know, they're, they're asking if they can pay me rather than me going, I want to make $12 an hour, or I want to make $1,000, whatever, right? So I'm going in, like, any business owner, so you guys have perspective, any business owner in the world would go, like, if you came to me and go, Ben, I want to make $10,000 a month, I go, okay, well, tell me why, tell me how, right? Mm-hmm. If you go, here's the way I'm going to make you 50 I'd be like, okay, here's twenty right? Like, that's the way business works. It's like, if you can generate value... I'd be an idiot to not have you, right? And if you're not generating value, then I'd be an idiot to have you. And it's really that simple. And uh, hopefully people can take this perspective is like, what are you doing in your life right now to improve your skill set or improve your ability to create value? That's it. If you're not at the place in your life yet where you are creating value, start, start creating a skill set, right? Get better at something, work harder on something, but be very focused, right? It's very easy to be scattered and trying to develop this diverse skill set. I think that's a big mistake. People do. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah it's a really smart rule of business, but just human interaction in general. And you've said this on a lot of different occasions, just sort of the concept that we have to remember, no matter how lucky we are, where we were born and what situation we're born into, that the world does not owe us anything. And I think that the current situation that we're in is like a stark reminder that like, we're not in charge, you know, in the grand scheme of things, like we're part of this world, we're a functioning part of this world and things are gonna happen that are outside of your control and how you rise to that and react to that and what your kind of character, how your character comes out as a result of that is really saying a lot more than, you know, how lucky you are or what's going on in the world. It's how you sort of react to the challenge, I think. I had
0: one realization, awareness last week. I always call them my awarenesses. And, you know, people have a story and I had a story and you probably have a story, good or bad, about youth and your history and your upbringing and your whatever. And I said this to somebody, actually probably used it multiple times. I may have said in the podcast before, but I, I think... This reality is there's only one thing that your parents ever objectively gave you in life. Everything else is subjective. What's that one objective thing? Life. Mm-hmm. The only objective thing they ever gave you. Everything else was subject to your interpretation. Everything else was subject to your interpretation. So, how can you not stop and go, Holy shit, like they gave me life. Thank you. I'm so grateful for that. And everything else after, that, literally, from the time you were born, everything else after that is subject to your interpretation because you realize your nervous system, your hormones, your environment—all of those things are playing into the way your body interprets a scenario. It's not just the words that come out of your parents' mouth. It's not just the words that come out of your school teacher's mouth. Mm-hmm. The person you are going into that scenario, and then the stimulus, right? So the only objective thing you ever got from anyone in life was life. Mm-hmm. It's always down to your interpretation. So if you're unhappy with the way things are going in your life, change it. Change the environment in which this is going into, right? Mm-hmm. So said the second i'm born the doctors the stress the sounds the lights all of those things are contributing to my internal state my perception of the events some people may have been this blissful at home birth where you're like you know floating on pet rose petals in hawaii some people may have been hey man i got the rope around my neck and that's that's a stressful environment some people may have just been hey it's fucking bright lights there's a bunch of people yelling and that was stressful to me as well and that in itself was not anything to do with your parents, it was not like and you could you could extrapolate that into any event that happens in your life. It's all subjective to all of these things that are inputs to your nervous system and how you perceive it. Yeah. Right. So if we can take that empowering belief or understanding or realization and, and take it to go, holy, like all of this stuff is just my bullshit story and I have the ability to change it. I think it's one of the most empowering things I've ever awarenesses I've ever had. Is, Good. Like all these things have made you amazingly strong and amazingly resilient. Now let's fucking crush the rest of our life. It's an adventure. Just, I want to throw one one term out that I love from this book right here. And guys, this is actually going to be in this week's newsletter. If you guys haven't read this book, go get this book right now. Go listen to the podcast I did with Dr. John Berardi. So one thing that I'm gonna fucking plaster on my wall and maybe on my forehead is unimpeachable credentials he said that in his book and he repeated it it's one of his chapters and i was like that's the greatest term i've ever heard in my life and that's what everyone from a childhood should aim for i believe right so people can take away your money people can take away your fame people can take away your car and your house but they can't take away credentials right if i so if i build a skill set if i if i go and, and accomplish something really amazing if i go and and learn something tremendous and, and help a group of people and build a business and whatever it is, it's a it's a credential, right? So John's got his PhD, he's a competitive bodybuilder, competitive powerlifter, track athlete, worked for Nike, worked for Thorne, worked for PNPN. PN, sold PN for $200 million. Tell me someone who's got better credentials, right? So what are those credentials that we wanna create? Create a fucking list and then start checking it off. This is literally what I'm doing, right? So rather than goals, which are great, I want to set a list of credentials. Here's who I'm going to become. Here's the person I'm going to become, right? And these are my credentials. And that, to me, is such an amazingly powerful statement. That book, by the way, is fantastic. I bought it for my entire team. Everyone's got a copy, and I've got a few more sitting here because, like, anyone that comes out, I'm like, if you're in the fitness industry, you need to read this book. Even yourself, Ash. I don't know if you've heard mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but- of course,
1: I've listened to the podcast. Hello. And he's a fellow Canadian, right? So, yes. yeah, he knows what he's doing. So I want to ask you like some kind of specific questions about what we're talking about, but also sort of the current situation that's going on. So what are some things specifically that you are learning or checking off your list during this sort of unique time?
0: Well, I spent the first two days of this quarantine, like everyone else, really in panic. So my business went from doing well to basically zero overnight. And plus having to refund a bunch of money for these camps that I put on. And so like, okay, your brain goes into panic mode and you go, what the fuck am I going to do? And then as quickly as you can, you go, okay, take action. What's the action steps me?" So it's like, okay, what are the things I'm going to do that can make me revenue now and make the revenue exponentially more when, I'm, when this is done and for the rest of eternity. There's, there's no, hey, I want to you know make a little bit of money now and then have to do it again in three months. I want to have revenue streams and safe, right? So I want to have multiple revenue streams. So you're, you're kind of padding the, the, you know creating the, the golden moat, maybe you know the golden moat around, around your, your life. So i started reaching out to people and saying, well here's all the things that I want to do to complete this fitness business. So right now I see this fitness business as a fraction of what should be a fragment. So I want to do the personal training certification, which I'm basically doing myself. but I want to have other people who are much better than me contribute. So Jacques Taylor, who's just on the podcast and did a Facebook live is going to be contributing to the content. Uh, another great friend of mine, brilliant, brilliant nutritionist, maybe one of the best I've ever met, Roland Pankovitz, is going to be contributing to... Have you met Roland yet? is in Toronto? No. Yeah. He's contributing to the nutrition course. He's actually in charge of the nutrition course because he's way better than me when it comes to building stuff. I've got two other nutritionists building that course, so that's there. And then I've been working you know, on the back end with the mentorship, and so I launched that. And I had launched it before, but I took on a few more. And I'm just making subtle announcements, and the people that jump in first are jumping first because like, I know if I do like a huge push... It's going to be drinking from a fire hose for a while. And I kind mm-hmm. of want to ease my way in and create systems and processes. So I'm doing that. And then just this group coaching, because I think it'd be a relatively low hanging fruit for us to help the greatest number of people. Right. You know, I know not everyone wants to pay a thousand bucks a month or whatever it is to do one-on-one coaching. I get it. But if someone's willing to pay a hundred dollars a month or like a super discounted, whatever we can do to make it work. I just want to be able to give back and have regular communication with people and give them a process. Like, Hey guys, here's how we're actually going to prositize this if that's a word, hey, you're, my, you're my spell check. No. But <laughs> this time, right? How do we turn into something that we're acquiring the skill set? We're building intensity, we're building effort, we're, we're building muscle and skills and habits. And that's it. And, and, I, and I have kind of this unique approach to it. And I think this will appeal to a very specific set of people. So, listeners, you can give me a thumbs up if this appeals to you. Mm-hmm. My idea is this How many hours do you work out a week, Ash? Is it always the same or does it change?
1: I mean, it's relatively the same. I might just dedicate different amounts of time to different things, but probably around the same amount of time.
0: Yeah. So I think most people's it's pretty consistent. Like, man, I got an hour a day. I got like 90 minutes a day. Like, okay. okay. So most people's scale or their belief is how they scale progress. So maybe they don't know how to scale progress, but most people's only opportunity to scale progress is doing more. Like, hey, if I want to get better, if I want to get leaner, get bigger, whatever, be healthier, I have to in some way do more. That's usually how people think, and that's how humans think, right? If I want to make more money, I have to do more. No, you don't have to do more. You have to do better. So how do we then take that sixty to ninety minutes they're using daily or thirty minutes daily or thirty minutes three times a week, whatever it is, and maximize it, right? And so that's really gonna be the focus. So for for everyone in this group it's going to be like here's the habits for you that are most important to optimize your life and we're going to walk through this this sequence of habits that everyone should be checking off their list every day until it becomes unconscious and there's certain ones that are low-hanging fruit right the certain ones we talk about with coronavirus like if you're not doing these you're going to get sick pay attention go outside every day walk get some sunshine calm down your breathing maybe do some meditation get some exercise move your body etc but for certain people it'll be different ones it will be like hey let's stack this habit and that habit and so that's really going to be this focus is rather than thinking like, Hey guys, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to yell at you. You got to do more. You got to work harder." Fuck that. You don't have to do more. You don't have to do harder. You have to be smarter. Yeah. Right? That's the premise of this business. And that's the niche we carve in this world is like everyone else is being a cheerleader and telling you bullshit about having to work harder and more. That's not the solution. It isn't for anybody because not everyone has the time, nobody but not the desire or the motivation. A lot of times, right. It's very challenging for people to get like, If I don't have a personal trainer or a cheerleader, I can't can't work hard. Okay, good. Let's just be really, really good at what we do, right, first. And then eventually the motivation builds, the dopamine builds, and now I have that new mindset of success, and then I can chase the hard and the better eventually, right? But now we have to build this foundation of forward progress, and forward progress exists in in, in optimization of uh, every piece of what you're doing. That's going to be the focus of coaching.
1: What are your thoughts about, because it seems like to me, I'm seeing like two camps on social media or in sort of the fitness world about how we should be dealing with this current time. And I feel like you have a little bit more nuance here, but like one camp is like, now's the time attack, do the thing that you've, you know, always been putting off, work harder, create something with this downtime. And then there's the other camp that seems like, almost strangely in opposition to it where it's like, no, like you're already stressed. Now is not the time to create something new. Now is the time to look inward and figure out self-care and relax. And if you spend all day in your bed one day, that's okay, because this is fucking stressful and you need to honor that. And it seems like there are two like really opposing sides, like as always there's never like a gray area in between. It's either like, don't do anything. This is terrible. Just try not to freak out. And then there's the side that's like, if you don't create a business during the next three months, you're a fucking waste of time. But what are your thoughts about this other side? That's kind of like, maybe you need to actually just take a step back and don't worry so much about creating. Maybe just try to take better care of yourself, like use this time to just relax and find some peace. And you know, what do you think about that?
0: Well, this is probably why I've got you know, almost a hundred inquiries in the last two and a half weeks for coaching is like business coaching. Cause people don't know what to do. Like, what, yeah. should, I do? Like, what should I be doing? Well, the answer is just like an exercise. The answer is it's not the same for everybody. It depends who you are, what the system is. Lo- looks like coming in. Right. And that's not, not, just your body, but that's your entire ecosystem. So where are you in, in the realm of being capable of opening a business? Where are you in the realm of finances? Like, do you have, is it an absolute imperative for you to open business now? Right? Or do you have some leeway to like, how stressed are you to begin with? Like, if you're a massive stress ball to begin with and you have a little bit of finances, take a breath, man, take a vacation, chill out for a little bit, right? Yeah. What's it going to look like when it starts up? Are you without options? It's completely different. You can't say to anybody, like, hey, this is the way it goes. And right. together, there's been a number of people who I've turned away for, for mentorship, well, actually, a lot because they're just not ready. You know, I'm like, listen, it's just not right for you right now. So, how do we figure out a system that i can give you for free like here, take this come back in three six months once you have the foundation and then we can move it forward so everyone's going to come at this from a different place right if, yeah. if you're financially free for the next six to 12 months and you want to chill out with your family and breathe and i was just talking to my great friend don saladino who will be back on here very soon I just literally got off the phone with him and, and he's you know he's like man working out every day i've had three meals a day with my wife and kids and i haven't had that in years he's like i haven't woken up with an alarm in three weeks just the greatest thing that ever happened in my life. I was like, perfect, that's what you needed, right? Where some people have been waking up without an alarm for the last three years to begin with, and maybe they need to get their ass up at 4.30 and do a meditation and fucking build a business. Yeah. So like, where are you in your life and how much have you been coasting to this? And this is is the metaphor I give my kids. I said, listen, life is a mountain. Everyone's gotta climb the mountain, right? You gotta climb the mountain. You can choose to take one step a day, every day for the rest of your life. Or you can stand here, enjoy the scenery, pick your nose and play video games. And at some point you're going to realize you're way the fuck behind everybody else. And you're going to have to sprint and it's going to suck because it's going to burn your lungs. It's going to be the hardest thing you've ever done, but you're going to have to catch up your choice, right? Is one step a day reasonable? Will we work on our, our body, our mind, and our soul every day. One thing for your body, one thing for your mind, one thing for your soul every day. It doesn't matter what it is. You pick it or you can screw around for the next uh, 10 years. But at some point, You're going to panic, and you're going to have anxiety, and you're going to go, oh, my goodness, I'm nowhere near where I need to be or want to be, and now i got to fucking sprint for the next five years. Who are you, and where are you in your life, right? If you're someone who's been coasting and enjoying the scenery for the last five years, and you don't have the luxury to sit on your ass anymore, guess what? we got to sprint, but I'm here to support you, right? If you're someone who's been sprinting or taking that one step in the right direction every day, fuck, enjoy the scenery, man. Get some sunshine. Take the breath in
1: not too many people who are probably financially okay for the next 12 months though so i suppose we're most of us are probably somewhere in the middle but yeah so tell us a little bit about what your daily schedule for work and life and food has been like since the quarantine started like i would imagine that your your schedule is a little bit different and probably the way you're eating and training is a little bit different so can you talk about that a bit
0: well as you know i'm not often in one place for a long time so it's been nice to yeah. get me- yeah, it's almost every day. That's been fantastic. Uh, my training's been going great. I feel really, really great. I've been getting usually two walks a day, one in the morning, one in the night. Sometimes it's, it's at least one, which is great. And a lot of time spent right here, to be honest, doing a lot of writing, a lot of preparing I have a beautiful bay window here, looking and, and shining in my face. So that's most of my day. A lot of writing, a lot of communicating with new clients, a lot of kind of creating systems for my business. As far as eating, actually being April 1st, I decided I'm going to do a very... I want to say carnivore, but I don't want to say carnivore. So I'm going to do carnivore with, with some vegetables. I, I
1: heavy, paleo.
0: Okay, yeah. So not keto because I don't want to go chasing fat because I, I think – sorry, keto people. Like my problem that I have on keto is I'll eat protein and I'll go, oh, shit, my ratios are fucked up. I got to go eat fat. Yeah. And then and then I go like chasing – I call it chasing fat. Like I'm, I'm eating like stuff that I don't even want to eat because I get yeah. fat. So I'm going to eat kind of carnivore, mostly meat. Some vegetables and maybe I'll add some fat from time to time. Like I know usually olive oil is the only fat I have. So I'm really gonna tighten it up because to be honest, like it's time for me to get in, in better shape. It's time for me to follow through on this. In thirty days I've got I've got the time and I'm sitting here a lot, so I don't need huge abundance of calories. I'm not traveling, and traveling is when it all goes arrive, right? I won't eat the whole day and then at the end of the day it's like I have this nice jar of almond butter that's the size of my head that needs to get consumed.
1: Sorry, <laughs> uh, my life. Yeah.
0: yeah so that's uh- that's kind of what i'm doing now so nutritionally just going to really tighten it up i'm actually really looking forward to shooting some more videos for the muscle intelligence community we're doing some awesome things with the business i'll tell you you guys are gonna love this a lot of a lot more workouts a lot more nutrition guidance a lot more information a lot more videos like i'm going hard for the next 90 days hard And, and physically and in the business. Uh, so what I'm doing this week is I'm really kind of let it setting everything in place so that it kind of removes me from having to work in the business and I can go and then create, create content, work on getting myself in shape and ultimately do more podcasting and learning.
1: Cool. Can I tell you a little bit about some of the health changes that I've made? Because I'm really proud of it. We haven't had a chance to talk about it much. It.
0: Um,
1: okay, so first of all, since quarantine started, my sleep has improved probably 50%. I might be the only person in the world but let me tell you so basically one of the biggest things and you'll shake your head at the fact that i was doing this before but one of the biggest things i decided to do is when i knew i was going to be stuck in the house and like this was going to start like it was either shit was going to hit the fan or i could choose to improve it i made like a hard line in the sand where i would not watch tv or use my computer or like netflix basically in the bedroom or in bed. So I don't have a TV period, but I'm always on my laptop, right? And I'd like watch stuff to kind of calm me down before bed, which never worked. And I just my cold turkey and I'm like, no electronics in my bedroom, I'm reading only. And that's like 101, like everybody should be doing that, but nobody is. So I drew the hard line and I did it. And I'm still taking like a lot of kind of different supplements and stuff. But the other thing that I think is helping me for my sleep relates to how I'm improving with my food. And this is another surprising thing. Like I'm just gonna pat myself on the back cause I'm so surprised that I'm doing this. It's actually successful, I have to say. So for food every day since we've started, since the quarantine has started, I've done a compressed eating window of about six to seven hours. And normally I eat three meals a day at least cause I just love to eat. And I usually get up and out. I'm pretty good in the morning. So I like wanna have breakfast and I want energy. And I have no, I noticed immediately, like when I stopped going to the gym, and I'm not moving around as much, my body was telling me like, you do not need to eat as much like you're just you just don't need to. And I have literally cut out breakfast entirely. And I eat at noon. And then I have dinner and I might have a snack in between. And I think that the reduced calories like it's not a lot, but I think just not eating all the time (laughs) has helped me go to sleep because I have an energy imbalance all the time. Like I usually have too much energy. You can tell just talking to me right now. Like I usually have too much energy. And so eating all the time, like if I'm drinking coffee in the afternoon, if I'm eating late at night, like that's not gonna help me try to calm down at the end of the night. So the two biggest things, I've done this compressed eating window, which I think has actually helped me from doing the whole quarantine 15 thing that everyone's talking about, where they're all just like eating chips and getting chubby. It stopped me from doing that. So I've like done this compressed eating window. It's also helped me stop Thinking about food all day long when you're stuck in the house, that is such a recipe for disaster for people. Like you're this close to the fridge and you're stressed out. Like of course you're just going to eat constantly. But when I'm doing this compressed window, I'm like I'm just not thinking about it until I actually feel hunger. Um, doing that and then getting the the electronics out of my bedroom and I'm like sleeping. I'm falling asleep. It's amazing. I'm sleeping better. I'm sleeping through the night. And I'm also the last thing I'll say is that I'm actually like really honoring my circadian rhythm like my timing like i don't get tired until midnight so why am i going to go into bed at 9 p.m and then just stress out for three hours like i go to bed when i'm ready to go to bed i read for 20 minutes or 30 minutes there you go i'm so excited i'm just so i'm like I don't want to sound like somebody who's like, yay, quarantine, because this does fucking suck. Like, I really want this to not be happening. But I have like, I've just made the switch. Like the day that I knew we were stuck in the house, I'm like, this could go really bad for me, or I could sort myself out. And that's what I've been doing. So anyway,
0: I wanted to tell you. That's awesome. I'll tell you what, hopefully everyone listening gets a, gets something out of that. There's this opportunity that exists in quarantine, right? So So, so many of us are spinning all the time in life and, and routine that we kind of stop paying attention to what's laying right in front of her face. Yep. And for you, you go, hey, if I wanted to change my life drastically right now, what one or two things could I do to make a shift? Mm-hmm. And then, oh, that's a massive one, right? Your sleep is a massive one. And and so for many people, it's gonna be like social media, like the amount of time you're probably spending on, social, not you, but other people are probably spending on social media now is exponentially more. And if you go, hey, if I just take this one little thing out, how yeah. much Productive of time do i have right or if i take out the snacking how much more does the body composition improve and those are two things that i'm honestly where i'm going to completely change it's like i've been amazing with my phone lately like i don't use it at all basically everyone's really mad at me but sorry guys i love you but it's fucking great like if it's not honestly if, if you're not in like my my circle of five i just don't fucking use my phone all day like i'll use it for like an hour a day and that's it and and you know this stuff obviously but I'm trying to stay away from my phone because it just doesn't help. Like, it, it adds to the stress. At the time, you're like, oh, it makes me feel good. And then three hours later, you're like, fuck, what have I done? Like, I haven't done any work, and, and my days disappeared. You know, and I was guilty of that in the beginning of this quarantine. I'm like, forget this. I'm out. Turn it off. I don't care your messages. If it gets pushed down, I'm sorry, guys. I love you, but I'm in quarantine from my phone. Yeah. So everyone, hopefully, take that this opportunity to take an awareness and go, what, what one or two things could I change in my life right now that would make the biggest difference? It doesn't have to be your whole life. Right, like I said, those are the two habits. Like for you, it's like, hey, I just need to take the, the the electronics out of my room. I need to change my eating window. Massive shift, I guarantee. Productivity gets up. You feel better. Your body condition gets better. Yeah. You know, so for me, it's social media and and maybe it's the snacking in between. Like if I'm yeah. doing it, like it's just a bad idea. So just take it out. So that's why I'm switching this diet to just like, hey, it's basically meat and vegetables for the month. And regardless how I feel in my workouts, I don't care. Like if my workouts suffer a little bit, don't really care. Yeah. Uh, make sure i train hard feel good get through those hard workouts and if i'm not building muscle wonderful if i'm if i am wonderful it's more for me it's about more about like embracing that challenge of discipline to eat well and get the workouts and even when you really don't feel like it and that i think is the opportunity that exists in every workout that kind Mm -hmm. of this gap guys so you know we already answered your questions but kind of this gap back to what we're talking about now the opportunity that exists in this in, in working out at home sure it's not perfect good it's fucking good that it's not perfect. Learn how to do it better with what you've got, right? Stop being a whiny, yeah. Yeah, not to use derogatory words, but stop being whiny and just fucking realize, hey, I'm gonna do really, really well at this. Great, it sucks. It doesn't suck, you just suck at it, right? You haven't done it well yet. Practice. Yeah. So there's someone out there who's fucking crushing at home workouts and, and why can't you be like that? Well, you haven't learned how yet. So let's work diligently, daily, multiple times a day. I'm gonna get really good at this skill. So I think that's a really important perspective for people. If you don't like training at home, do some yoga. Fuck, it's awesome, man. Like Nothing makes me feel better and more centered than when I do yoga. Like Mm -hmm. 30 minutes of yoga, my day goes better, just like meditation.
1: And I like what you said, you said this on a previous Q&A too, like you had, you sort of put out a challenge to people to not look at their phones for like the first three hours of the day, the last three hours of the day, like set some boundaries. And I think that one of the things I've noticed, I'm definitely on my phone and on my laptop less, like I have my work, like I'm working, but I'm watching way less like Netflix. I'm not on the news nearly as much because I don't want to see it any more than I have to. But one of the things that you realize when you set these parameters is how efficient you can actually be on your social media or doing your sort of like fluffy internet stuff when you set parameters. So if you have no boundaries and you're just scrolling all day, of course you're wasting a lot of time and you feel like shit cause you're looking at stuff that isn't real and all that stuff. If you say to yourself, like I'm only gonna be on Instagram say an hour a day, you really set that hard, like you'll be amazed if you actually go in there with a plan. Like, I want to check these people out, I want to see this video, I want to comment on this, I want to post something here. Like, you'd be amazed how much you can get done if you actually like set some boundaries around it. So, you can still go there and enjoy it and spend time and get something out of it. You'll probably do that better when you set boundaries.
0: Planning is key. And, you yeah. yes, I haven't listened to the podcast today with Craig Ballantyne. I think it was, mu- it was probably Muscle Expert, so it was a while ago. Check it out. He's the king of planning. He's got a book called The perfect day formula and he's just released perfect week formula, both of which I highly suggest everybody read because I mean, I I still am not very good at it to be honest. Like I could be, I should be so much better, but because my days are tend to be highly variable, I just book blocks. So like nine to one is this block, one to four is this block, four to seven is that block. And that's my blocks and uh, and I get shit done in those hours, but I mean, the more meticulous you can be with scheduling, the better. I'm going to take some questions and they're going to appear on the screen. Oh, cool. Uh, maybe a stupid question but you don't let if you don't ask when you both squat do you inhale through your nose before you go down and exhale pushing up or the opposite bend thanks for helping stone confidence that's actually a really good question so and there's a, obviously a v-pack level answer to this it's not just that simple right so you can actually do both you could you could do either but here's the logic that i employ is when you inhale what happens at the level of the spine extends Exhale, flex. So do I want my spine being flexed or extended when I'm squatting, right? So we want an extended spine because it's going to keep it neutral. It's going to keep it properly, I guess, safe. So we want to be extended. So while I'm working uh, eccentrically and concentrically, ideally, we're actually working on an inhale. So you'll see a lot of a lot of power powerlifters and such doing this Valsalva thing where they inhale big, fill their belly and hold. And don't suggest you do that when, when repetitions are your goal. So what I try to do is I'll actually inhale, feel that muscular tension, hold that there, and then decrease the size of my, my breath. And it's always through my nose. So I'll take that amount of extension, maintain my, my thoracic tension and my abdominal pressure, and then I'm going to breathe small through my nose. And, and you can, there's a really great guy, Bill Hartman. Look him up on social media. He talks about inhalation and exhalation strategies during exercise. He's very, very brilliant. He talks at a really high level. But there's a very different internal stress response, internal pressure response, internal pelvic response, depending if you've really inhaled or really exhaled. And some people tend to hold their breath at the top of the inhale, some people tend to hold their breath at the top at the bottom of the exhale. It's a completely different stimulus at the level of the spine and internal musculature. But bottom line is this, I suggest whenever possible, when in in the case of, of squatting, trying to maintain thoracic extension, which in most instances means you're inhaling. Or at least have inhaled during reps. It's a challenge if you're doing sets of 15 to 20 to be able to hold your breath or do shallow breaths. It's just practice. Just practice.
1: Cool. There's a breathing question. That's good. Okay.
0: Yeah. But will we ever compete again in the future? Ash, what's the answer? No. M- maybe. <laughs> just not in bodybuilding.
1: Oh, okay. That's a trick answer. Okay. Yeah. So yeah,
0: I loved my time in bodybuilding. I really did. But zero zero desire to do it again like uh, none
1: you're going to compete in endurance biking remember that's that's the uh, conversation yeah. we had.
0: More yeah. yeah so one thing i do have planned for this year although it now has been compromised because of muscle fitness being sold is i was going to do some photo <sighs> yeah we'll see kylie tell me how you think is the best way to reduce sagging skin weight on a weight loss regiment time First thing, first and most important thing is time. Collagen is very important. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a, there's an herb called gatucola, which has been shown to reduce skin, sagging skin. But honestly, the biggest thing is time. Skin is an organ. If it gets out, stretched out, it's probably gonna stay there. If you keep enduring on that fat loss, like if you've reached your weight loss goal, like, hey, this is where I wanna be, you still have to keep going. You still have to keep going, attempting to put on muscle and continue to lose fat because that skin will tighten up. It's just a health thing, right? You've really, really distended that skin and stretched it. Now, it, it can go back. I've seen the miraculous things happen, but it takes time. Tremendous amounts of time, tremendous amounts of diligent effort.
1: There probably is a point, though, at which like, it's not going back 100%. Like, I know a lot of women who have had a couple babies that will tell you it's not 100% going back if you stretch to a certain point, right?
0: You know, how much work have they actually put into changing it? You know, like. Again, there's a genetic component there. Like everyone's got different collagen elasticity. What do you think about using bands with the six essentials of exercise? I think it's a great idea. So bands are very useful in a limited number of exercises, right? People tend to like, I mean, now use them in everything. It's additional resistance. But in the gym, in most instances, like squats are great, delts are great, bench presses are great. You know, even other things I've used them for lateral raises. I like all those things. I think bands can be a very, very useful tool, especially right now. Yeah, I mean, if, if, it's ha- if it's helping, use it.
1: We're the best. Yay. Thanks for the support, guys. Yeah. Live yeah. going well.
0: I haven't done any videos of breathing, have I? I should.
1: Okay, but let me tell you, you did do an interview with Brian McKenzie, who's fantastic. Power, speed, endurance, and his whole, he does tons of... Courses and I've taken some personally that I think are really good. So if you go back, we can maybe put in the show notes because I can't remember right off the number. It's relatively recent, the one you did with Brian McKenzie. I would highly recommend you check him out and go to his Instagram too because he's doing lives and stuff. So
0: he's been doing a really great job on Instagram. Uh, And I'll point out Patrick Um, Mm McEwen, the breathing guy from the Oxygen Advantage. And I took that course. And I'll tell you, not to be cliche, but it's nothing short of life changing. Like the amount of information that guy gives you. It will change your life. It will give you a deeper understanding. So here's three points for everyone listening to um, Grasp for Breathing. There's three things you pay attention to, and it's in order. Biomechanics, biochemistry, cadence. Biomechanics, where are you breathing? What muscles are you breathing with? So most people breathe shallow and up into their chest, right? We want to breathe Deep and long into our diaphragm, and a great way to think about doing that—if you guys are on, the, on the live right now—wait, so get my hands in there. Put your hands like that around your around your waist, so thumbs in the back, two fingers in the front, on the lower ribs, and then breathe horizontally. So think about on the inhalation, you're breathing out this way. Feels good.
1: Inhale.
0: Yeah. So that's the way to get you. Make sure your diaphragm. If this moves at all, it's incorrect. You want to just be breathing from down here. That takes practice because the diaphragm is a muscle, and if it's weak and underused, it's going to be very hard to even breathe through your mouth. Don't breathe through your mouth ever, 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 except that maybe you're doing 100-meter sprints, breathing. Don't breathe through your mouth. So biochemistry is learning how to manipulate your amount of CO2 in the blood. More CO2 in the blood is actually a very, very good thing. And cadence is, is the final one, and that's how to manipulate the ratios of in and out so the simplest one for people to start with is a four four box breath so it's four in four hold four out four hold and that's really useful and then progressing to a five five box breath and you can get up to a 10 10 box breath but the the kind of place where you want to rest is a five in slight pause five out that's a really good place to, to make that your default now if you're conscious of it your default will end up being you know, much shorter than that. So start with that, the breath holds with the, the boxed breath, because it just adds in the conscious awareness and a little bit of accumulation of CO2. And what that feels like is a little bit of a suffocation, right? If I feel like I'm holding my breath and I have to gasp, that's your body accumulating carbon dioxide. And that's a good thing. Once your body learning to to become more tolerant of being there. Any benefits to vacuums regarding regarding slimmer waste? I wish I knew who this was. It's the most important thing to slimming your waist. Don't put a stupid waist trainer on, learn to use your muscles. It's the greatest waist trainer that exists in the world. It's the most important thing, breathing and and, and vacuums. So breathing is maybe the most important thing because those are the muscles that do it. And then vacuuming is ultimately just the extreme exhalation, right? So when I'm I'm doing a deep breath, let's say I do a 60 second in, 60 second out. By the time I'm done my 60 second out, my stomach is in a vacuum and all the air is out of my diaphragm. It's basically pushed up under my rib cage. That's a vacuum, right? And it's, it's a breath practice. And if you're not doing a breath practice as a competitive athlete, you are missing a huge competitive advantage. I won't work with anybody anymore unless they're doing it consistently. Unless I see the ways change, I won't do it. Yeah. How do you transition to developing a service that people will be interested in paying for? That's a good question. Craig, I'll tell you what. The biggest thing I can tell you, man, is, is never ask someone else to do something you haven't done yourself. So if you haven't achieved amazing results yourself, start Haven't acquired some theoretical knowledge. Start, right? If you're not the type of person worth following, don't expect to follow. Right? So do the things. Develop the unimpeachable credentials. Right? Like John Berardi. Read this book, Unimpeachable Credentials. That makes people go, "Holy shit!" Like I want to work with this guy. You know, I just finished a prep with a guy who was a I don't know what his position was in the army, but like a high high level in in the military of some kind. He then went on to be a professional kickboxer and now just did a contest prep and now just did a fitness cover model for a magazine like as a fucking superstar when you hear that you're like okay i want to work with this guy right Um, those are the kinds of things you got to do you got to do the things that are not like hey i can do this in a weekend nobody gives a shit about your weekend course right what have you done in the last 10 years what's the thing that that the reason people like what i've done as a bodybuilder because they know it took 20 years to get there it's not Mm -hmm. like hey i just took this weekend course and now i have this amazing skill set no man you got to commit to the long game you got to commit to the 10, 20 year, 30 year plan, man. If you're not like planning to fucking dominate when you're 35 and 40 and 50, like you're playing way too small, man. You got to play the 25 year plan and go, how am I going to make unimpeachable skills until I'm 50 and 55 and 60? Realize, man, you could live to be 150. So even if you're, or you can live to be one day older than today, but you, uh, at the end of the day, the only thing you have is today and make the most of it. So how do you transition to where people will pay for your service, provide way more value than they pay for, man? Somebody's paying you $200 a month. You provide a thousand. And how can you do that? Hold their hand. Make sure they get results no matter what. Like if I have a client and this is how it was in the beginning. If I had a client is not getting results. I'm on the phone. with them. I'm calling. Hey, what's going on? How can I help? And even if I don't have the answer, I'm researching. Like, I, you know, one client comes up, she had PCOS. And I'm like, I have no idea what that, this is 15 years ago. I have no idea what that means. Well, I'm going to find out. I'm on the phone calling doctors and reading books and looking on the internet. You got to find out. So and then you develop the skill set. So when someone comes in the future, you're like, I got this, right? Mm-hmm. That's it. Is you have this growth mindset of like, hey, obstacles are just opportunities for growth. I don't know how to do this yet, yeah, but I'll find out.
1: I think another thing just to add to that, and you can speak to this if I'm off base, but I think because I'm seeing so many people in our industry that are doing this quick transition or they're trying to push the online digital part of their business because the brick and mortar doesn't exist anymore. And I think that one thing to consider is to be very clear on who your audience is, who they are and what they want. And also ask them because we're we are as a society being totally inundated right now with emails saying like, join my group to lose some weight like while you're under quarantine or do this or buy this or my company's going under. So buy this program or whatever. We're getting increasingly jaded pretty quickly. So like ask the people that you know are your audience, what do you want? What what can serve you right now? Like, what are you willing to engage with? And like, ask them specific questions because it's like a great opportunity time right now to to build a business and engage online, but it's it might quickly hit a tipping point where people are just like, I don't fucking want to read another email or another Instagram post about how you're going to sort me out. Like, you, you need to be focused.
0: I think that the awareness is, and I say this to people, it sounds arrogant as fuck, but if you're trying to sell muscle building, tell me what you do better than me me like if you're trying to sell muscle building you need to do something better than i do i don't know what it is but that's always my question if you do something better than me then someone will hire you otherwise why the hell would they hire you not me right that's always the way we approach it it's like if i if i see somebody else out there doing something really really awesome great i'm going to beat you i'm going to figure out a way to do it better or i'm going to carve my own path right if if that person is doing something i want to do then i have to do it better or join them, right? Be like, hey, let's work together. Let's do this together. Or, hey, I'm, I'm going to figure out a way to, to be significantly better. And that's not in front of a perspective, like, put this person down and say, oh, you know, I'm going to kill you. No, that's the goal. But, like, gives me a target, right? When I wanted to be Mr. Olympia, my target was Flex Wheeler. I was like, listen, I'm going to be, I'm, I'm not saying I'm going to go, I want to fucking beat Flex Wheeler up. I'm gonna, you know, fuck that guy. Like, no, man. I'm so grateful for that guy having been who he was and this inspired me to become the leader I was or the, the bodybuilder I was and, and Dorian Yates and Jay Cutler and all these guys who are not friends. I'm so grateful for that. I would never try to put them down, but they were my, my target. There were pictures on my wall and I'm going until I look like that, I'm shit. And that's what everyone should be doing in, in business. It's like, Hey, how can I be better than everyone else and provide more value? Cause realize guys, the, the world right now is looking for someone who cares. Mm-hmm. That's why I succeed in business. Is because every I work with less people, but I actually give a shit about your business. Like I actually care. Like I'm, I'm if I, like if you're not getting results, I'm like, hey man, how we, what are we doing? How do we get better? I care about it like it's my own. Mm-hmm. That's a blessing or a curse, I don't know. But that that's just the person I am. So that would be that would be my offer and, and perspective. That was Steve saying thanks for the peptide recommendations. he's a Member at our gym, Steve no problem. it went well. Jean Francois Tremblay is a great resource for peptides. Our podcast I just released it yesterday. With Ryan Smith, yeah. I mean, he's probably the best. I mean, he's incredible. Just an incredible wealth of information. If you guys want to understand peptides, I actually just got one of our interns who took notes on that podcast. We're going to release it. We'll put it on that page. So if you guys want to go to slash podcast Ryan Smith podcast. Not yet. Go tomorrow, 48 hours from now, and we'll have that podcast up. Actually, once this podcast releases to the public, then it'll be it'll be there on that page. I don't know that there is a best alternative to leg extension. My suggestion would be, you know, adding resistance to it would be challenging. The thing with leg extensions that's interesting is, is I think you can get a tremendous benefit just from really getting into the short position and engaging there and spending time there. So what does that look like? So if, uh, if you're standing, actually if you're sitting in a desk, you can do this too, but if you're standing, hold on to something for support. Lift one knee till it's about 90 degrees or parallel to the ground and extend that knee. And what most of you will experience is your hamstring tightens up before your quad shortens. Feel that out? Mm-hmm. So your hamstring side up. So that, that to me tells it that's a weak quad, right? So if your quad is not able to shorten the hamstring, tightens up to prevent it from going. What do you
1: short. saying about my quads, Ben? Come on. Weak. I'm working
0: on it. Yeah, so work on that, right? If you can't get to that really short position where the quad shortens enough to let the hamstring let go, that'll improve the mobility. It'll also improve your ability to contract the quads in that short position. I mean, the thing that exists in leg extensions is not necessarily to build mass, I think, it, certainly, but it's to build contractile abilities, to to build the neurological connection with the muscle. So use that just to spend time there, really get that aggressive, angry contraction. Do you recommend a Bulgarian split squat on elevated heel? Yes, 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 yes. I, mean, I guess that means board. So, yeah, so the uh, Bulgarian split squat, by definition, is the back leg is elevated on a bench or on on a bar or something that's elevated, and the front leg is on the floor. And the question is, do you recommend a Bulgarian split squat with a heel elevated front heel, I'm guessing? Yes, Yes. that can absolutely be useful to allow you to get a greater, greater range at your knee joint, limitation then being the range of motion available to you as your back hip. As that back hip is extending, it may be limited, so be aware of it useful thing to kind of explore you don't necessarily have to have that back knee on the ground or on the bench or that back leg on the bench you can have that back foot on the ground and the front leg that can then go up onto a slightly higher elevation to give you a little more range at both joints so the way i look at exercise guys is i don't necessarily look at exercises per se i look at joint positions joint angles and muscles right i'm taking this internal view rather than external view so, you know, I'm thinking about what what joint is going through its full excursion and how, what is that muscle doing and where is this muscle going to be most loaded? Uh-oh. You
1: had a question for me. Right.
0: Talking in general, when it comes to training women age 30 or 40, what is in your experience the biggest obstacles we face when it comes to weight loss?
1: Well, you can certainly speak to this too, but I, I definitely have some feelings and opinions. Generally, what I see from the nutrition side, I see women not eating enough nutritious food or enough in general. I'm always boggled, especially when I'm dealing with women who tend to be maybe overweight or a little bit overfat, how little a lot of them actually eat. They're not eating protein and they're not eating nutrient-dense foods because they're scared that if they eat what they consider to be a heavy meal, like a piece of steak and some Brussels sprouts, that feels heavy and that's going to make them big and bulky. And so they're eating like crackers and can
0: yeah. Correct. Do you know why I think that is? Is because people's gut health is so poor that they don't have enough HCL production. So if you eat a steak and you feel like it sits in you, it's gut health. So you need to support digestion. Take digestive enzymes. Take HCL. Take probiotics. Take things to heal your gut. That's the problem, right? And I find that with myself when my gut's not feeling right, I don't want to eat steak. I want to but
1: eat. It's also a huge mental thing. Like there's def- I mean, there's definitely gut health issues, and there's definitely women who are used to eating. 20 grams of protein a day, you tell them to eat a lot, like it's going to be weird for them, it's going to be a transition. But there's also this mental thing that they've been taught from a young age that you eat like your 100 calorie packs, and you eat like your little this and your little that. And they don't believe when they see what I eat or what other women who, you know, are working out and have a lot of muscle, whatever, they people have a really hard time getting around that. And so the biggest one, I would say, yeah, nutritionally, and there's a lot of layers to that, as you said, sorting out your gut health, sorting out a lot of things, but it's literally not eating enough and not eating enough of the right things, namely protein. And then, of course, from the physical side, building muscle, women aren't, and men aren't either, but women aren't working hard enough in the gym. They're not lifting heavy enough weights, and they're not contracting their muscles, the lady pack tells us to, but they're just keep thinking no matter how much evidence to the contrary shows them that if you just spend more time on the treadmill, you're going to get this toned, muscular, lean body. And they're, they're not putting enough effort into the really hard work of lifting hard weights and lifting them well. I think it's, those are the two biggest issues.
0: You know, my great friend and mentor, Tom Purvis, has this really good explanation of cardio. And he, he goes, well, you know, let me ask you, when you're doing cardio, what is your goal? So, well, you know, I want to I get my heart rate up. Okay. Well, what gets your heart rate up? moving moving this well what what makes you move muscles muscles oh okay so you what you're doing is the most inefficient means of muscle contraction possible meaning you're contracting as little muscle as you possibly can with this feeble attempt to get your heart rate up what if we just instead of doing this you know what is effectively the worst means of contracting muscle which is like these low intensity cardios what if we put a little more effort into contracting these muscles with a little bit of resistance do you think that would cause your heart rate to go up a little bit more a little bit faster Maybe we could do that instead. People go, oh, that's, that's interesting. I never thought about that before. People don't think like the reason your heart rate goes up, the reason you burn calories, the reason you burn fat during cardio, it's because you're contracting muscles just really, really poorly. Right? So, okay, I'm not saying anything against it, but maybe you could do slightly more intense stuff for slightly less time, actually have the benefit of building muscle and exponentially more caloric output. Yeah. think like that, right? And that's why when I'm when I'm doing transformations – cardio is one of the last things I put in it. Like I'll put walking in for everybody, but I don't think right. walking is cardio. I think walking is meditative. I think walking is physiological, right? Okay. So, dude, it's not like, hey, you need to walk at this pace for this amount of time. Like just go to go for a walk. No less than 30 yeah. minutes, no more than an hour or no more than maybe 90 minutes, go, right? Yeah. So perspective for you people. So someone asked.
1: We're getting a lot of questions. Are we gonna have to save some of these or are we gonna go on like a really long Q&A right now? This is good. We should start doing the lives more. We're getting a lot more questions.
0: I like it. Am I have doing keto every now and then? Yeah. So I usually apply keto in the winter, twice a year for sure, usually 30 days each time, sometimes longer. So when the sun is out and it's a beautiful time, I usually spend some time outside, usually you know, playing, running, walking, in which case I know I'm getting a lot of vitamin D. My, more, more, my body is more capable of utilizing carbohydrate. I eat them. I think it's great. When there's no sunshine or less sunshine or when I'm not as active – Uh, Like kind of anticipating the next 30 days to be. I'm going to decrease my carbs, so I go keto. So the next 30 days for me will be mostly keto. Uh, So yeah, I think it's a tool, right? I don't think it's something you do all the time. I think uh, it's something we do cyclically. And again, three months is not too long to keto. Six months is not too long to keto, but I think staying on it perpetually for a long time will start to introduce some challenges.
1: Thanks so much for all the free content and help you provide to everyday people. I look forward to these Q&As every Monday. Ashley's addition to the podcast is amazing. I have a question regarding approaching people to get hired to do a service that they are not currently doing. Is there a specific thing you look at when you are looking to hire someone or things not to do when you think you can add to someone's product? You actually have a lot of um, good points about how you hire people, so that might be worth going over right now.
0: I don't quite understand the question. I have a question regarding the approach to get hired to do a service that people are not currently doing. I need more specific, like is this personal training? Is this like lawn care service? Because I think it comes down to understanding people's why, right? Like, why am I going to get you to buy something from me? Or why Why would I buy something from you if I don't need it? You have to convince me or you have to understand why I would want it in the first place. So maybe but generally
1: speaking, though, you have you have talked before, and I think this is really useful, and you can't honestly say it enough, especially considering the amount of messages and, and questions and comments and pitches you get personally, that there is a generally appropriate way to respond to people or to pitch your services to somebody in a way that, again, like you said, you're approaching it with like, here's what I can do for you instead of, I want a job with you because you're great. Or I want a mentor. I want you to be my mentor because you're so great. Like there's a way to approach people that's offering them value that they're going to be receptive to it. Right.
0: So when you walk into a uh, clothing store at the mall and the first person they, the first thing they do is they come out and go, Oh, can I help you? You always say no. Everyone says no. Right. Why? Because we just only left the fuck alone. So if you're trying to approach somebody and go, hey, can I sell you something? It can't ever be from a perspective of like, hey, can I help you? Because everyone's like, oh, no, leave me alone. I'm good. Right? So you always offer the gift or the service of like just assistance or perspective for free. Don't ask for anything in return. Right? It's never like going up to them and going, hey, I'm going to try to give you something or, or sell you something. It just can't, doesn't work. So you have to first understand why this person would ever want. It's almost like. Emotional intelligence, right? Seeing it from their perspective and going, okay, well, why would this person want my help and am I actually helping them right now? And if I'm not, like, I need to change my offer. So if I'm actually providing so much value for this person that I know it's a no-brainer for them, then going up and offering to do it for free is a really good way to do it. And just going, hey, like, can I offer some assistance or can I help? And just walking away, like, it depends on the context, right? Like what what their person's trying to sell. So whoever wrote this question, put put another comment in the box so we can help you with what it is. More details, yeah. 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 So again, it, it's challenging, right? Like depending on what that person's state of mind is and what that person's needs are. If I know that they need this product or want this product, then it's an easy sell. And if they don't want it or need it, then I have to convince them that they want it or need it. And this often happens in the fitness industry, right? It's like this idea of creating the problem and then solving it, right? So it's pain problem, pain or problem solution, problem solution. So sometimes people don't even know what their problem is, right? So if I said to most people on this podcast, like, Hey guys, do you know the reason why your body doesn't look the way you want? It's nothing to do with your diet. It has nothing to do with the way you train. People, are, oh come on, man, it's my diet. So now they don't even think that's that's real. Now I have to convince them that the reason your body doesn't look the way you want is very little it means maybe something to do with the way you train. I'll tell you the biggest opportunity that you have is is this reality. That you train like shit. And most people most people do. And maybe let's call it a two out of ten and the best of in the are four or five out of ten and they're in there what they actually could be doing in the gym that's not an insult that's just a reality and you come train and, and your body has to learn to then progress toward this ten. but anyways if, if, if people aren't aware of the problem if you want to understand a great, there's a great book that comes to mind it's uh, eric schwartz breakthrough advertising great great book so he talks about the levels of sophistication of the customer so does this person know that the problem exists right do they have a problem do they know it exists i forget all the levels but you need to understand where they are and their kind of cognitive understanding of it and then approach them accordingly to walk them down the path of realizing oh my goodness this is a really good idea this could really help me with this problem i'm experiencing some people don't even know they have a problem so if, if i if i take that ownership and i put it outside of myself if you were to saying to me hey man yeah i can't build muscle why not i have bad genetics okay well then i can't fucking tell you otherwise right or if right. i as the reality is, it's not bad genetics, it's actually because you train like shit. If I say that to you, I'm the bad guy, so that doesn't usually go over well, right? So there's so many different perspectives there. It's like, do they take ownership in the ability? Do they believe that they can change it? And do they have this problem in their mind? And there's, there's a lot of levels of sophistication that ultimately is the psychology of marketing, right? And behavior change.
1: You are getting a lot of questions, a surprising amount of questions about sagging skin. So I'm just going to say that we have covered it. And also to answer another question here about where this is going to go, this this live recording is actually also going to go up as a QA, and a a podcast. So for anybody who's just kind of joining in now and wants to hear the rest of it, it's going to go up on Monday. And Ben already answered the, the skin questions. So you'll have to listen to the podcast on Monday.
0: Make a lunge, more hamstring dominant as opposed to quadruple dominant. Well, I don't think you can differentiate hamstring and glute. I think those are going to fire regardless uh, together. But you can certainly differentiate how much of each and you can certainly differentiate whether one is more quad or more uh, hip. It's called hip, which is hamstring and glute. And simplest way, again, I wish someone, uh, I could stand up and show you guys a little video here. But you can. Way.
1: We're doing a live right now, Ben. Get up. Are you wearing pants is the question? <laughs> So
0: if you're standing, so if I'm standing and I, let's say I, turn to the side, I have a weight right here against my chest, the level of effort that my body has to exert is going to be significantly less than if I go here, right? And I extend that weight out like arm's length. So same thing is happening in a squat or a deadlift. So if I stand up and I'm standing and I have a weight on my back and I'm standing straight all the way to stack through my center of mass, it's easy. You can stand there all day. As soon as I start to create a little bit of distance, so I'm standing and I start to bend my knees a little bit, the knee starts to go a little bit forward and the glutes starts to go a little bit back, hips goes a little bit back. So now I'm creating more distance. So it's kind of like doing this, I'm moving the weight further away. So the further that hip is away from the center of mass, the more that the glutes have to work because now that we've created distance from the hip to the center of mass, so it's just like moving it away. So now the muscles that cross that hip have to work harder. The same thing with the knee. So if I drive the knee way forward, the knee goes way away from the center of mass, And the muscles across the knee joint have to work significantly harder. And that's a really simple way to think about that. So, if you want to train more glute, you have to be aware of where your center of mass is. And it's usually balanced right through the center of your foot, right? So, how can I take this hip as far back away from my center of mass as possible? And that's going to work more hamstring and glute. If I'm going to work more quad, I want to take my knee as far forward as I can from this foot in the middle of my forefoot to ultimately challenge the quad as, as much as possible. That's probably way too much explanation for someone verbally i've got tons of videos on this stuff guys and if you'd like i'll throw one in the, in the muscle intelligence facebook group today so i'll just pull one off of muscleintelligence.com's member site and uh, throw this up there for you now one thing i will say about the member site because we haven't mentioned this in a long time the member site is completely changing with all new content coming very very soon you guys are going to love it workouts videos support groups as far as uh, coaching and mentorship and it's to be really, really fun and new and a really well-curated experience and a well-curated process. It'll be fun. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to watching that soon. How can I find my optimal protein and fat ratio to help reduce my body fat? I think the, the simplest way, or at least the way that I would suggest, I don't know who you are. I don't know what you look like. But typically, I'll start off with like one gram of protein per pound and one gram of fat per pound. Start there and then see what happens, right? see what happens and and that's keto so i'm I'm guessing this is someone asking keto because it includes carbohydrates so that's very high fat that's a ketogenic diet and so what we could do from there is again i'm assuming you're you're new to keto if you're asking this question so that's a very high protein ratio for keto i'm not against it but what typically happens in the first three weeks of keto this is from dominic d'agostino is your body tends to need more protein so your your protein turnover tends to be a little bit higher you keep your protein a little higher in, in the first three weeks of keto after three weeks, you can start bringing that protein down. So your body tends to start going into muscle preservation mode. So you can bring that protein down a little bit. That'll take you deeper into ketosis and allow you to hopefully burn more fat. So the first three weeks is, is really focused on maintaining muscle. So keep the protein ratios a little higher. I wanted to ask you about an ab training program. Would you follow my 4 xr hypertrophy? I'm gonna guess that means hypertrophy mastery. Well, listen guys, so my, my favorite quote, I hope every one of you resonates with this. It's not about what you do. It's how you do it is kind of the catchphrase of muscle intelligence because this idea of most people think, hey, I just, I'm going to build bigger legs. I need to do more squats. No, you don't. Right? You don't need to do more squats. You first need to do better squats. Right? You need to learn how to do things correctly first, and then only then does it make sense to do more or lift heavier or work harder. Like Running faster and faster in the wrong direction is going to get you where you want to go. Right? So think that through get better and better first. So master your execution first, hypertrophy mastery, and then you can come up with these extreme, challenging, convoluted, hard workouts, which then may or may not work for you, depending on your diet. Yeah, I can't wait to get to the UK to teach, guys. Uh, Thank you all for your patience. We've got lots of new stuff coming endlessly, constantly. Are are the MI40 shirts still going to be available? Man, I've got like boxes of them in my office. I just need someone to ship them. I actually talked to one of our interns yesterday about uh, taking over the process and putting on the website because we have all the infrastructure. We have all the signs. We just need someone to actually execute on it. And Ashley's probably going to yell at me for this because she's been asking me to do this for six months. Ash.
1: I'm trying. I'm trying the best I can. So, <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to get after this guy sometimes. He doesn't right. look at his phone after 7 p.m. Someone
0: took ownership and just ran with it. But man, just a list of priorities is not a high up done, list for me right now. And guys, if you are interested in getting a shirt set, drop a message in there. And if you, I, I know everyone would support because it's. I know everyone would. It's just a matter of getting it done. We'll work on it. We're working on lots of things. It just takes time, priorities, right?
1: Can I, since we're going to, just questions are going to keep coming, let's wrap this up, but can I add to something that I'm very excited about that you are expanding on during this time and that I'm, I'm a part of as well that I'm excited about, and that is the blog page of Muscle Intelligence, so we're going to start putting a ton of content on there because I'm a writer and a reader, and I think you posted something today, or you liked something about, what is it, leaders or readers? Somebody posted that. Was it Berardi? I think right. yeah, that's the truth. Like don't trust any. And then there's another quote about like, if you go to somebody's house, if you go on a date, you go to somebody's house and they don't have any books, don't sleep with them. That's another good quote to live by. So, yeah. See, look at all the books you have <laughs> in your house. But anyway, reading is important. Okay. And one of the things that you and I talked about behind the scenes, that it's important that we're, you know, you're obviously putting out a huge amount of, free resources and content and the blog is just like an addition to that right like we're going to post a ton of stuff there from interviews to educational pieces to transcripts from all the podcasts to everything but just tying this all back one thing that's going to go up by the time this podcast drops is you're going to post like a partner page that has all of the special offers while they're still available for all of the companies that we're working with because as anybody that's following saw last week, we did a bunch of giveaways for the 100th episode and we've got all these great partners that we love and that we work with and they have these great offers, which you might wanna take advantage of while we're in a time where we want every deal that we can get. So we're gonna post that online for people to see too, but there's gonna be hopefully like a ton of new content always going up there every week, right?
0: Yeah, so some of the guests of the podcast have, have generously offered to contribute so I'll be doing some, a lot more content. Uh, if you guys haven't already picked up my arm specialization guides, do it. Or sorry, not just arms. My body part specialization guides. Like I haven't done any promotion of those things, but I, over the last, you know, probably six months ago or so, I wrote uh, body part specialization guides for everything. So there's arms, there's chest and delts, there's back, there's quads and calves and hamstrings and glutes, and you can get those all for free. And I put a lot of work into those, and the feedback has been amazing. And there's more than just what's necessary to build that body part in there. There's, there's some thought process around mindset when you're thinking, when you're training that specific body part, like, what should I be thinking about, right? Who thinks like that, right? There's my three best workouts or my three favorite workouts comes with it as well. You also get the opportunity to um, upsell to a $9 30-day workout. So if you want to have like the arm specialization, the glute specialization, there's an offer there that says, hey, for nine bucks, pick up the 30-day program, which is a no-brainer. It also comes with the execution videos which again is probably the most important asset that exists there. You can get that discoveredmuscleintelligence.com and it's either right at the top of the page, you'll see a really small tab, which is going to get fixed. And there'll be a, at the bottom, if you scroll down and see all the, all the links there. You can walk through that. Um, we have tons of content coming up from myself and everybody else Naturally, wants to die young Die Young as late as possible.
1: Die Young as late as possible. That's from Bub, the sponsor of today's show. Code intelligence, 20% off. I am crushing MCT oil every morning. That's the thing that I'm doing. Say it
0: again?
1: I know, I know. We talked about this offline. I was like, Ben, you're right. I never did the MCT. I did collagen every day. And then I never did MCT because I'm like, I'm not keto. What do I need MCT for? And then when I stopped having breakfast and I was just drinking my coffee in the morning and I want it to taste delicious and give me energy. And I was like, what the hell? I'll put some Bubs MCT in there and it's delicious. Like you were right Ben. Okay.
0: Better than almond milk.
1: Protein. It really does make it creamy. Like it's, I didn't think that it would do that, but it, and it goes really well in iced coffee because I don't drink hot coffee and it mixes perfectly.
0: Yeah. You don't have to heat it. It's just I know. So I use five to 10 grams of Bubs MCT. 10 grams of Bub's collagen and, and three grams of powdered lion's mane which i get yeah. from real mushrooms for a long time i was getting it from four sigmatic yeah real mushrooms actually guys the owner's a friend of mine so i started getting it from uh, real mushrooms no affiliation just uh, awesome awesome product put that in a blender and blend it out it's amazing it's fantastic now i just got this is this is interesting so for anyone that has a Vitamix, which i think do you have Vitamix?
1: I used to have one. I broke it because I used it too much. So now I just have a regular blender, but so
0: yeah. I, th- I thought everyone in the world now has a Vitamix, which is like an $800 blender. But the shitty thing about a Vitamix is plastic. So I finally found a metal Vitamix thing. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah I found it on Amazon. I saw a guy in Germany. I'm like, dude, what is this? Where did you get this? He's a friend of mine. He goes, cool. oh. So I ended up tracking down in, in the US. So if anyone has a Vitamix and wants to not get plastic, yeah, yeah. melted plastic in your coffee, Go with the metal one. I forget what it's called. Just search it on Amazon. It's not made by the Vitamix company. It's made by some other company, but it works really well. It's not cheap, but it's, it's actually pretty good. Okay. Yep. Yeah.
1: There's a couple good questions, but should we save them for next week? Do you we want to?
0: Yeah, I've got a few minutes. When will pac come to India? Man, hopefully soon. Uh, is one day off of meat-based protein enough to stabilize mTOR? What are your thoughts on fasting for 24 plus hours? My friend, it depends on your goals, right? If you're if you're an aspiring professional bodybuilder, don't fast for 24 plus hours. If your objective is I want to get in the best shape of my life and live a long time, fasting for 24 plus hours can be a great idea. I think there's probably utility in slightly longer fasts, you know, maybe in the realm of 72 hours and you go, that's challenging, but that's probably where the greatest amount of autophagy takes place. So that the idea of kind of programmed cell death and cellular senescence is allowed to, to undergo it or able to undergo Process. Is 24 hours off meat based protein enough? It's more than enough. I think six hours can be enough to optimize mTOR. Again, I haven't seen any data on that, but I know it's a shorter amount of time. I think it would also be subjective to how fast your digestion is. So, that question around women eating protein is a really interesting thought that I think it's so important to acknowledge that there's a lot more to what makes people want to eat than just their habits, right? And there's a huge piece of it, but there's, you know, gut inflammation stress stomach emptying rate hydrochloric acid all the enzymes all these things are really really a big consideration so if you're someone who, who is a fast digester of protein with great hcl and, and great stomach emptying and great gut health chances are you don't need a huge amount of time off of protein to kind of resensitize to mTOR if you're someone who's poor digestion poor gut health and poor hydrochloric acid and high stress guess what you need a lot longer so, it's really an independent thing. And this is where kind of having someone guide you comes in. And for you guys who are just joining us now, very, very soon we're going to be launching a group coaching where we can get in and talk about all of this stuff. And that will be on the listing. And we bring in amazing experts to talk about how you can optimize that for yourself. So, that'll be over the next coming weeks. Keep an eye on the Muslim Intelligence Facebook page. If you're not already subscribed there, which is where we're doing this live, because this will also be aired later, uh, you guys can go in and sign up in there and, and ask us questions directly anytime. We're also going to be doing a lot of our podcasts live just to give you guys an opportunity to engage with the guests. And so, so today being Wednesday, on Friday this week, we're going to be doing one with Dr. Anthony J. who-
1: Nope, that's tonight.
0: Okay, that's tonight.
1: Friday is Ben Greenfield. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah.
0: Well, thanks for the reminder. Mm-hmm. good to have you, Ash. Hi, I'm here, yeah. So yes, Anthony Jay is the author of Generation. He's a researcher okay. in a clinic and he's unbelievable. Unbelievably believably brilliant he's an encyclopedia of information probably knows more about all the data in the world on everything than
1: Super anyone
0: yeah unbelievable. and just so humble and kind and just an awesome human being who i've had the pleasure of spending a lot of time with and look forward to speaking with him in five hours or less for now okay guys we're gonna cut it i gotta go
1: we have some good questions. This was amazing. I'm so, like, this was better than I thought. We're getting, like, too many questions. I'm going to save these last few that are here because they're good, and I want to save them for the next week. But maybe this is something we want to start doing more is the live Q&As because people are more willing to ask questions when it's, like, right in front of them.
0: So, you guys, if you like it, give us a like, give us a comment, give us a share. If you want to see this more often, we'll do it. Shout out to bubsnaturals.com for sponsoring the podcast and uh, keeping us nourished. And Ashley's <laughs> show.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, so you can head over to bubsnaturals.com, use the code intelligence to get 20% off. And, and so you know, guys, 20% is not normal, right? There's not very much to do 20% anymore, especially in the supplement industry, because they work on really small margins. And I know on top of that, they give a good percentage to...
1: 10% of their total income, like total sales, yeah.
0: These guys are doing it, but thank goodness for them. And uh, it's, it's legitimately better. Like, we're not blowing smoke. It's, it's legitimately better. You'll feel it. You'll know it. You'll taste it. The dissolvability and the quality is tremendous. So, guys, thank you so much for being here, Ashley. Thank you.
1: This was fun, Ben. Got to do it again sometime.
0: Always great. Thank you so much for tuning into Muscle Intelligence.
1: If
0: you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with at least one person you know. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode.